Good morning. How many of you know that we have a good God? You know, so many people are wondering about the goodness of God rather than watching for the goodness of God. You know that? They're questioning whether God really is good. When we come into this place every Sunday, as we meet together, we know that we have a good God that deserves all of our praise and all of our worship. And so I pray today that you will begin watching rather than wondering about the goodness of God. We've been studying the fruits of the Spirit through Galatians 5. This has been a great study. Today is on goodness. Come on, somebody say goodness. Goodness, goodness, gracious, great balls of fire, right? All right. So one of the greatest deceptions of our time is the idea that goodness exists on its own, without origin, aside, and apart from God. Or worse, that goodness somehow originates inside of humanity. Practical goodness, common goodness, all goodness comes to be taken for granted in many people. But the truth is, is that God is the source of all goodness and all good things. Because if you look at James chapter 1 and verse 17, it says, Every good thing given and perfect gift is from above. From where? It is from above, right? It's not from down here. It's from above that God gives to us. So we need to have an awareness of the goodness of God in our lives as we see it and then as we experience it, we can in turn give the goodness of God out to others. Amen? There's, you know, there's a huge difference in assuming God is good and seeing evidence of his goodness. There's a big difference there. But you know what happens? When you and I separate good from God, you take away the awareness of God's goodness and our need to thank him and honor him. But the opposite happens when we connect good with who God is. We want to thank him, honor him, honor him, revere him, and worship him with all of our might. Have you ever noticed that everyone is looking for hope? You may be here today and you're looking for hope, but every bit of humanity sometime or another is looking for hope. They're looking for hope. They're looking, they're looking, they're looking. And so I want you to know that today that hope begins when we stop wondering and we start watching. You know, many times that hope is typically thought of as wishful thinking. It's, it's wishful thinking. For example, there's a totally different message being sent when a couple says, hey, we're hoping to have a baby versus when they say we're expecting. Isn't that true? You know, that's very true that they don't have to finish the sentence. Everybody knows that the baby is on the way. Well, what I want you to know today is hope has a name and his name is Jesus. Are you with me this morning? Hope has a name. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we've come. But hope is the expectation of the good. It's expectation of good. And we know where every good thing comes from. It is from God. He is the source. Hope is the expectation of God's goodness. If you look at the word in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, we find him talking about hope. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for, the expectation of God's goodness, and assurance about what we do not see. So let's talk about goodness today. First point I want to make is faith is confidence in what we hope for and certainty of God's goodness even when it's not evident in our lives. 
even when it's not evident. And I think all of us can relate to that. When God's goodness doesn't seem to be evident, life feels uncertain, doesn't it? Life feels uncertain, and we can get lost in that. People sometimes get upset that God destroyed the world with a flood. It, it, it rained 40 days and 40 nights. We see that in the Old Testament. The whole world was destroyed, and people go, how could God do that if he is good? That's why you have to know the whole story, right? God told these people for 120 years, it's going to rain. Think of it. God told his children for 120 years, hey, it's going to rain for 120 years. He says, now I'm telling you, it's, it's going to rain. And, you know, let's talk about the 120 years he hung in there waiting for you and me to repent. God is good. Amen. Some of you think you've been talking to your kids a long time. God talked to his children for 120 years about the same thing. It's going to rain. It's going to, it didn't rain. You know what I'm talking about? Wow. God is a good God. He is merciful. You know, Everybody knows the sun is in the sky even when the clouds are out, right? That you know it's in the sky. It just can't be seen. It's temporarily blocked by the clouds, but the sun is still there. How many of you are thankful for the sunshine the last couple of days? Amen. God has been good to us. He's given us the rain. He's been good to us, but he's given us the sun to enjoy as well. It's the same thing with God's goodness. There are times when we will not be able to see it directly but that doesn't mean it is not there. In fact, sometimes when God's goodness is least visible, it's working at its best on our behalf. We just have to know that. So, you know, many times when we didn't get the position that we thought we were going to get, whether you're applying for, whether it's a new job, whether it's another job or whatever, it, it may be that oftentimes we think, oh man, I don't see God in this. Or, or the person we were dating breaks up with us and we're quick to assume God's goodness has bypassed us. And, and it, in time, we come to realize that God was actually doing us a favor. How many of you know that? That, that was the favor of God upon our lives and shining. So it's, it's, it's amazing. Only later, as we go through it, we find that if we had a stubborn kind of hope in the kindness and the goodness of God that you will work through it. It's only when you and I get down the road and then we look back and we realize that God was doing you and me a favor in the midst of it. When that door closed, then another door opened. Amen. You know, Kristen had a serious relationship before I came along. Imagine her missing out on me. What a sad thing to think. Right? Here's what I'm saying. When you look back, you thought that was Mr. Wonderful. That was probably Mr. Weirdo. Are you with me? When you look back and thought it was Miss Wonderful and it turned out to be Miss Wackadoodle-Doo, you were thanking Jesus then, weren't you? You were thanking, oh, thank you, God, for your favor, right? I'm, I'm really the blessed one in the relationship for sure. God was working on your behalf even though you could not see it. Even when it was not evident that God was working on your behalf, this is where hope and God's goodness carries us through. It carries us through. When you know in your knower and you remain certain that God is good even when his goodness is not evident or in situations that you don't even feel good about. See, what it is, it's an unrelenting determination to not allow the hardships of life to downsize the bigness of who God is. 
1997, on Christmas Eve, Karen Hartley, a 33-year-old computer software developer, had wandered outside Powder Mountain Ski Area in Utah. She became lost in the wilderness. She was cold and alone on the mountain. The temperature was in the single digits. She knew that if she sat down, she would die. So she did more than just stay on her feet. She decided to dance. She thought of songs that she could remember from the 90s, and she danced to those. Then she thought of songs from the 80s, and she danced to all of them. Then she thought of and danced to every song that she could think of and remember from the 70s. For 18 hours, she danced knowing that if she would dance, she wouldn't die. Sometimes we have to dance, we have to dance in spite of what we think, right, where you are in order to where you want to go. You have to sing and make music in your heart to keep yourself from drifting into negativity and drifting into discouragement. When, when God's goodness is not evident, you may need to sing a song or you may need to say a verse or you need to just get up and dance. How many, are you with me today, church? No, no, are you with me? Because if you sit there, you're going to die. You got to get up and you got to sing. Amen? Because God has been good to you. Amen? Don't sit there and die. You got to get up and dance. Amen? Amen. In the middle of of your extreme circumstances, God is doing something good. God is up to something good. Come on, tell your neighbor, God is up to something good. Come on, tell him. Come on, God is up to, I don't care how you feel right now. That's irrelevant. God is up to something good. That's what we have to know. Second point I want to make. Hope begins when we stop wondering and we start watching for God's goodness in our life. Stop wondering. That's where it starts. These two portions of scripture I'm about ready to give you, you could probably say them by heart. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know, I don't want you to miss that, for I, what? Know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And they are plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and to give you a future. And then Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. God knows. Do you know? God knows. Do you know in your knower right now that God is good? Amen? You know, that I'm, I'm not going to sit there and wonder if God is good. I'm not wandering into uncertainty about God's goodness. I, I'm not, you know, when my life is so difficult that I'm not questioning God's plan to give me a hope and a future that I know this. I hope this church will always be a place that we know God has a future for us and for others, that we have the message of hope and we can communicate with great hope and have confidence in Jesus, the Lord of our life, that God is good in spite of what we feel and what we know. Amen? God is good. See, when we enter that place of knowing, we exit the place of wondering. And we start watching for God's goodness in our lives. You might say today, you know, I've been struggling with me a little bit lately. And I'd say, hey, join the crowd on that one, right? sometimes we haven't been good all the time. But I've come to realize that God is good even when I'm bad. 
How about you? But I'm realizing then you know that God knows you're bad, but look at the other reality, and that is God is good. That is a divine reality so that even in our sin, Christ died for our goodness. That for every person that's got a hard life story, there are many seated among us today that can match you and say, God is good. You can be, oh man, my life is so hard chapter, and know that it's just a chapter, and know this, that it's not the whole story, because you know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. How about this one? Because sometimes there, there are people that they just live in these scenarios. They camp out. They sit down. They die in their scenario. They live there. They camp there. Rather than say, oh, man, I was driving to work and the traffic was so bad. Come on, the fact that you drove in an automobile is the goodness of God over your life. Amen? Because there are people. No, no, come on. You hear me, church? That the goodness of God, that you and I just need to go get into our vehicles and push the button and we get to go? That's the goodness of God? Well, I woke up this morning, my leg was hurting me so bad. A, a hurting leg, yes, that's, that's, that's a hard fact, that's for sure. But the fact that you woke up this morning is God has been good to you, amen. God has been good to me. God has been good to us. Sometimes we're so stuck in the chapter. And let me tell you, people that sit down and die, they'll take you with them. Oh, snap, I can't even go into that one. They want to draw you into their badness. Uh-uh, no, no. Because God's got a different story for me. God's got a different story for you. It was like the person that said, I was complaining that I had no shoes till." I met a man who had no feet. Stop wondering, you start watching. The book of Job is the story of one man's hope that carried him through severe struggles. A pivotal points after he's been hammered by hardship. You wonder if Job is gonna give up on his hope and he makes it clear that he's stubbornly hoping in the goodness of God. And he says, I know that my redeemer lives. What did he say? I know, was it, oh, I think I'm one. No, I know my Redeemer lives, and he will stand, and I will see God. How I many of you know that we typically see what we're looking for? Uh, listen, listen, if you want to get up every morning and you want to see problems, guess what? You got problems. Are you with me? If that's what you get up every morning, you say, I, I, you know, I, all I see is problems. Before your feet hit the ground, you're going to have your share of problems that you're going to be looking at. Are you with me? You know, and people do that all the time. Well, you know, I'm just going to look and I'm just going to complain. I'm looking for complaints. So let me tell you, you can find those. They're a dime a dozen. But if you're looking for the good, you can find that every day as well. You, you, you got to look for that which is good. When people are looking for God's goodness, they see it first. They see it when others don't. When many say they can't. That you can still see it. 
It's amazing. I've been beside the bedside of people that are in terminal illnesses. So have you, I'm sure. Maybe a family member has gone through it. And that I've seen people walk through that and they, they, they still, they, they have a smile. There's something that's going on inside of them that, that stirs you up. And, and they, they say, well, God is good. And, and you sense that in their life. And you're like, wow, I've been inspired because this person that's going through that. Then it disturbs me how others feel that they're going through things that are less than that. And I'm not saying they're less important, but they can't even say God is good. A person can be laid off of work and still say, hey, God is good. Extreme skiing is a wild sport, and the, the skiers fly downhill at crazy speeds, moving in and out of dangerous terrain, and oftentimes there are trees to get around and, and move past um, without slowing down. And I love the response of one of the best when she was answering questions about her sport. It was Kim Reichelm, an extreme ski, ski champion, and the question was, how do you keep from crashing? That's a great question. I mean, you're going down these hills at crazy speeds. To which she replied, I look at the spaces between the trees. In other words, she aimed her eyes where she wanted to go rather than looking at what she wanted to avoid. By doing this, she wasn't removing the trees, but she was telling her mind to head for the spaces between the trees. There's no way that she could have the success she's had if she just kept focusing on the trees. She trained her mind to be aware of the trees but think space between the trees. And in doing so, she aims her eyes towards her victory and not her failure. I want to ask you today, are you aiming your eyes towards your victory or toward your failure? Start watching. The third is hope draws in God's goodness. When we have hope, Jesus' kind of hope, it draws in goodness, God's goodness. One way, one way to think about it is to compare the function of your mind to the search engines of a computer. Search engines are programs that search the World Wide Web looking for keywords you're telling it to search for. We do this all the time, don't we? And the search engine is searching for what it thinks you want to find based on the information that you put in. So if you enter the word trouble on your search engine, your computer will fill up with all kinds of references to trouble, examples of trouble, news about trouble, tragedy, devastation. But if you put the word in, you know, progress, or you put in the word opportunity, your computer pages begin to fill up with definitions of opportunity and references to opportunity. So without hope in our minds, we'll search for reasons to not have hope. And our internal search engine focuses then on the problems, on weakness, on struggles, on despair, and keep drawing on more of those things. But with hope in our minds, we'll search for reasons to have hope. Our internal search engine begins to focus on examples of progress and opportunity and strength and literally draws in God's goodness in various forms over and over again as our thoughts stay fixed. With hope in the goodness of God, you will be more opportunity-minded in your life and the world that you live in. You will be solution-minded inside of the things and the circumstances and the problems that come across your pathway, and you're going to start drawing in more of God's hope. And so as you draw in God's goodness, you'll have plenty of opportunity to give it out.
My fourth point is pay goodness forward. Pay goodness forward in your life. Probably all of us have experienced some unsolicited goodness in our lives. Perhaps it was parents, mentors, coaches, teachers, relatives. It could be neighbors, pastors, friends who play a significant role in helping us get to where we are today. It's impossible to thank all of them personally. I know as Kristen and I, we've looked back on people in our life that have spoken to our life and mentored us and, and given us incredible advice. And not only that, they, they've shared the things and the struggles that they've gone through but didn't continue to focus on that as much as their faith in God and how God brought them through the other side. And in turn, we saw the goodness of God that encouraged our hearts. And that's the same thing that drives us. It's many times the same thing that drives you to continue to give out goodness in your life, that God is good in spite of all the craziness, in spite of all the bad that is around us, that God is still good. Sometimes, many times, it may be hard emotionally to express accurately the gratitude we feel. So the greatest expression that uh, may be available to us is to pay it forward, to pass on similar goodness and pay favor to another person. And I, if I look at scripture, there's so many incredible stories, but just the very fact of, of the story of the good Samaritan is, is proof enough alone of the goodness of God. That the good Samaritan decided to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to stop and help this man that has been beaten up. And I'm going to bandage his wounds. Even though many people kept passing by, he said, no, I'm going to step into this situation. I'm going to bandage up his wounds. I'm going to be benevolent to help him to stay a night and continue to be a blessing. Because why? Because this good Samaritan felt the goodness of God. That somebody did it for you and we are called to do it for others. Amen? Don't ignore the goodness of God. It's why many times so many Christians won't give up their time to serve others or their resources that they just feel like I'm going to tip God a little bit here and I'm going to tip him with my time and I'm just going to tip him with my money. It's just a little tip of, of their giving they do, and they don't do what God has asked them to do because they are not grateful for what he has done for them. Are you thankful for the goodness of God today? See, that's the very nature of fruit. It's visible for the benefit of others. You and I are called to pay it forward, and you and I are, are called to give it out, and you and I are called to be a, a blessing. It, it's, it's there. It's visible, it, not only for people just to look at it, but that they would partake of it. That we have been given the goodness of God for a purpose and a reason. And so, yes, thank you, God, for your grace and mercy on me. But now I am called to have that visible fruit in my life and in your life to give out to others that are desperately in need of God's goodness. God's goodness. Last weekend, Chris and I went to the store and we bought peaches. Oh, my. There is nothing like a good peach. Now, the ones you bite into that are dry, I'm just like, oh my goodness, what happened to you? What happened to you? You could have been so much more. 
But this last week when I picked one of them peaches up off the counter, I bit into the peach and it was so juicy, it ran down my hand, down my arm, off my elbows as the dogs are looking on. (laughs) And they were participants and receivers of the goodness. You know, that's, 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 that's the kind of God we serve. Come on. The goodness of God. He has been so good to us. Come on. He has been good to you, sir. Man. He's been good to us. And we are on the receiving end of that. His, his goodness. That it is to be shared with other people, not just to be kept inside. It's to be given out. And so so we are called to do that. So in the Old Testament, we find David in a season where he hasn't seen good things due to life's distortions and the problems and the circumstances. But he sets down the mood of the moment and he relies to his history of seeing God do good things in his life. And he laid down the if God is good question. He laid it down. And stop trying to answer all the whys. That, that's huge. That's huge. We have why questions, okay? And we can ask God why, but so many people are hung up on the why, God, why, that they never get out of the rut. Are you with me? But he laid down, well, you know, if God is good. No, he laid down that question and in Psalm 23, 27, 13, excuse me, he says, I will remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord. I will think, I will feel. No, he said, I will see the goodness of the Lord. I will see the goodness of the Lord. Come on, can you lay down that question today, if God is good? or all the why questions that you have, can you lay that down to say, no, God, I know you are good in spite of what I see, in spite of what I feel, that I'm gonna see your goodness because you are a God that has been good to me. God's goodness is not obscure. It's not hidden. It's actually very evident. It's visible, it's tangible, it's real. Perhaps the greatest trait of all is that God's goodness is everlasting and that it goes beyond failures. It outlasts our fears. It remains with us even in our sorrows. You may be in sorrow today. You may be grieving today. But listen, in spite of that, you can still have your anger in the goodness of God and know that he has never failed you. See, God's undeserved goodness is not just equal to the undeserved hardship. God's goodness is surpassing in greatness. Amen? And be reminded of this. God's reign falls on the just and the unjust. So if you're here today and saying God doesn't love me, the Bible says, the manual for our lives says, God reigns on the just and the unjust. True? But what are we going to do that are believers in this room? What are we going to do with that? That we are going to watch for it. We're not going to wonder. We're going to see the goodness of God. It's going to happen, so as you and I have hope, we're going to continue to draw in the hope. Amen? We're going to have hope. So the conclusion is clear. The outcome is absolutely sure. God is good. Come on, can somebody say God is good? Come on. God is good. God is good. God is good.